there have been a number of developments that have taken place between the two countries at a bilateral level. Uh, you recall that uh, uh, during the uh, 1994 genocide that happened in Rwanda, there were a number of uh, Rwandese that crossed the border and went to the DRC. So the argument between the two countries then was meant to make sure that uh, uh, Rwandan civilians that resided in the DRC uh, were given the support that they needed, given the situation that was happening in their country. But from a military perspective, uh, you would also recall that uh, in the Great Lakes region, countries like Rwanda, DRC, uh, Central African Republic and the likes, they want to make sure that there is peace and stability. But then those um, initiatives are disturbed by a number of rebel groups uh, that keep mushrooming, either coming from the, the Ugandan side, uh, infiltrating uh, the eastern part of the DRC, or in fact infiltrating part of Rwanda. So th- those are some of the con- historical contexts within which we can understand the current situation. And of course, enter be- between those rebel groups, enter the M23. What has been that group's uh, influence in terms of the historical tensions between the two countries? Yeah, M23 has strained the relations between Rwanda and the DRC, uh, rightly or wrongly so, because uh, as far as um, uh, the DRC is concerned, M23 has been fighting government forces in the DRC, and there is, um, uh, in fact, um, uh, an insinuation that uh, M23 is being supported by the Rwandan government. Therefore, which means that um, for as long as M23 uh, remains active in the DRC, relations between the two countries are likely to uh, uh, remain strained. Uh, When uh, the current president took over, that is uh, Felix Chizakedi, when he took over in 2019, he tried to mend the walls, as it were, between his country, that is the DRC, and Rwanda. But the activities of M23 have made this um, task uh, almost impossible because for as long as they keep fighting uh, DRC forces, then the DRC government blames um, Rwanda, and Rwanda says, no, we don't know anything about that. And then recently we also have um, uh, the FDLR, that is the Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Rwanda, which is uh, another rebel group that is basically operating in the eastern part of the DRC. So Rwanda then blames the DRC for hosting this particular group. So this blame game then is um, straining relations. So I would say both M23 activities and FDLR activities are straining relations between the two countries, and they are most likely to stay for as long as these two countries understand these two groups differently. Mm. How should they understand them? Because it seems like these militia groups, uh, there's scores of them, and a number of armed groups uh, that destabilize both countries. No, I think that uh, this calls for astute leadership from both countries. Because it is only in times of crisis that you see real leaders. If you are a leader and there is no crisis, uh, your expertise will not be seen. We only see your expertise when there is a crisis situation. Right now, we have two uh, groups, groups that are fighting government forces. So instead of um, uh, President Kagame and President Shisekedi fighting between themselves, 
they should instead be uh, strengthening relations between themselves and then try to find a common ground and say, how do we deal with this insurgent? If it means bringing in countries from the neighboring state, they must do so. But this blame game is not assisting either of the two countries. If anything, it strains relations. You recall that just recently, uh, the DRC government has summoned uh, Rwanda's ambassador and asking him to explain why his government is in fact assisting M23, uh, a point that um, uh, the DRC government is denying. And then on the other hand, uh, the Rwandan government is blaming uh, the DRC uh, for hosting FDLR. So instead of them investing in those kinds of activities, my view is that uh, they should uh, see the two rebels as, um, in fact, the common enemy, and then rally behind um, uh, each other and make sure that uh, they also uh, rally their forces uh, to make sure that they root out uh, both M23 and FDLR. Because for as long as this exists, then relations will remain strained between the two countries. But, Professor, what is the root cause of, of these tensions uh, uh, caused by these militia groups? Is there perhaps uh, outside Western forces that influence this as well? No, Western forces will always have um, an influence in what happens in African politics. Uh, I've said this on several occasions because some are doing this uh, because they want to have access uh, to the minerals in the eastern part of the DRC, for instance. And then they want to have an influence. That is why even in the change of government, you will find a number of um, external partners getting involved. You can ask yourself a simple question. How come that M23 is able to face um, uh, um, uh, DRC forces and sustain these battles for, for, for so long? Where do they get arms and ammunition? The, the simple answer is that uh, they are funded from somewhere because there is no way that these would have been funded from within the African continent. Even if they were to be funded from within Africa, then uh, such funding will be uh, insignificant. Most of the funding will definitely be coming from outside. You just have to identify who the culprits are from the international community. Because uh, for as long as they keep funding them, then they'll keep causing this havoc. Because the other point that uh, we also have to factor in here is that this group that has been operating in Uganda and has uh, since infiltrated DRC, the eastern part of DRC again, and they're also causing a havoc there, and there's a pledged allegiance uh, to the Islamic State. So which means then that uh, the situation will get even out of control because um, there are so many actors uh, in the same geographical space. Professor, I thank you so much uh, for your explanation. Professor of Political Science at the University of the Western Cape, Professor Becky Ngamazulu.